0: Welcome to Tea with Tia, a podcast that includes conversations about nutrition, TCM approaches to your health and well-being, how to use functional medicine to help detect a gut, a healthy gut, biohacks for healthy living, and all types of knickknacks for everything in between. Hi, everybody. Today's episode is about intermittent fasting. What exactly is intermittent fasting? Well, today we'll dive in together. You'll also notice that it has become such a trend in today's diet and health food world. You also get, you see shows like Carson Daly's show bringing Dr. Oz on on to discuss intermittent, the science of intermittent fasting. So bravo to what's happening. And then with intermittent fasting, you'll notice that when many diets focus on what to eat, intermittent fasting is all about what you eat and the time you eat it at. So not really counting calories per se, but not what to eat. With intermittent fasting, you only eat during a specific time, fasting for a certain number of hours each day, or eating just one meals a day, or a couple of days. So there's a lot of styles that I'll kind of list and go over thoroughly. Um, and then whatever you have an affinity for, you can start plugging yourself in and trying it out to see how your body feels. So with intermittent fasting, it really helps your body burn fat fat effectively. And scientific evidence have shown benefits as well. John Hopkins neuroscientist Mark Madison has studied about intermittent fasting and he's been doing it for over 25 years. He says our bodies has evolved to be able to go without food for many hours or even several days or longer. In prehistoric times before humans learned to farm they were hunter and gatherers who evolved to survive and thrive for long periods without eating. So they didn't have a choice. They had to. Um, It took a lot of time and energy to hunt and also to gather nuts and berries. So back then, years and years ago, over 50 years ago, where there's no technologies, we didn't have television, Instagram, Twitter, computers, cell phones, things like that, we were forced to go to bed early when the sun goes down. Therefore, once we're done eating, we go to sleep. But these days, people stay up, catch it on television shows, read their books, decompress, take longer hours, and essentially, You get these hunger hormones, it increases and start telling your body when you do stay up late that "Mm, you should start snacking, you're hungry. But if you were asleep, these hormones wouldn't be released. So it's important in your circadian rhythm to create a pattern, which I'll discuss when we do mention Dr. Sachin Panda um, a little bit later in this episode. Anyhow, so what's happening in all of these extra calories and less activities creates risk for obesity and all types of diseases such as diabetes, heart disease, you know, just to list a few. So as far as how intermittent fasting works, there are several different ways as I've mentioned and based on choosing a regular time period when to eat and when to break fast and when to actually fast. It's really based on your body and what you're capable of. Obviously this is contraindicated for children, somebody with Body dysmorphia and, you know, with eating disorder, hypoglycemics, you know, things like that. You need to discuss this with your doctor if you wanted to jump into intermittent fasting. Otherwise, if you would like to try, here are some of the techniques. It's a very healthy approach to really allowing your body, according to Madison, after two hours without food, the body exhausts sugar that's stored and starts burning fat. This is what he calls metabolic switching. Madison also indicates that if someone is eating three meals a day plus snacks, they're not exercising also, let's just say, then every time they eat they're running on those calories and not burning their stored fat, essentially chasing the sugar for fuel every few hours and not giving the body a break. Intermittent fasting works by prolonging the period when the body has burned through the calories, consumed during your last meal, and begins burning fat. So, you get, so there are certain different types of styles and plans, like I said, and then you can find a match for your body. Okay, so the first one is the 16-8 fasting. Essentially what that is, is you're eating for 8 hours and fasting for 16. Okay, so if you're having dinner at 6 p.m., you skip breakfast during the fast and then you have, you know, black coffee when you wake up in the morning or any kind of zero calorie drinks, black tea, water with lemon, you will not break your fast. You continue to be in that ketosis state, things like that. Would not break your fast so keep that in mind so as soon as you add creamer or sugar then the body starts to be in that mode to break down carbohydrates and burn it so definitely if you have black cup of coffee without any harm to breaking your fast keep that in mind um and then some people skip breakfast altogether and decide to have lunch at you know at 12 or 1 o'clock so that's definitely your, you know beyond your 16 hour window. You're doing your 16-8, and it's quite easy to do that. I do that myself, and I find it very effective. And it's not difficult, but in the the beginning you might find it challenging. So you get an idea and feel. There's another style, it's called a 5-2, which involves regular eating five days a week with the other two days of lowering your caloric intake. So you have normal meals, hopefully you're not snacking or boozing and having alcohol. Um, And then when, uh, let's say for example, you know, you eat regular meals, three meals a day with um, your feeding schedule three to four hours in between meals. And then you take Mondays and Thursdays with a lower calorie intake. That's a form of fasting. Also, it's giving your body that rest, okay, by decreasing the calories. So then I get people who feel like they can go longer periods and they'll be like, oh doctor, I fasted for 24 hours, 36 or 48 hours, I lost five whole pounds. That's not necessarily healthy, you see. That's not ideal for your body because what happens is when you go too long without eating, It encourages your body to start storing more fat in response to starvation, and we don't want that. You also start to lose muscle mass, which is not good if you've been working so hard to gain muscle mass. That's why intermittent fasting is more ideal for your body and giving your mitochondria and all of your cells internally systematically a rest. So Madison research shows that it takes two to four hours before the body becomes accustomed to intermittent fasting. So you might feel hungry or hangry sometimes. Um, But once you make it a routine, you'll get used to it. That is what's happening to intermittent fasting. And that's the idea behind it. So you can, you know, have a chance to kind of get a feel for it. Now I'm going to share with you a different approach. From Dr. Sachin Panda, who is a professor of a circadian biology of sorry, Dr. Sachin Panda is a professor at the Salk Institute of Biological Studies in La Jolla, California, and he studies the circadian biology. Um, he spent his career studying the complex biochemical process of the human body. His research was on mice and the benefits and science behind intermittent fasting. So before we dive into the science, let's put one thing up front. There's no one way of doing intermittent fasting. You need to find an affinity or what your body is capable of doing. I can't repeat that enough. And being mindful eat, you know, being mindful with what you eat in a way that you find this healthy that your body is capable of. Um, now, if you were to Google intermittent fasting, let's say, out of curiosity, before listening to this podcast, and or you want to dive deeper, it'll pop up, those two trends in intermittent fasting, the 16-8 or the uh, 5-2. Um, anyhow, Dr. Panda, he finds it that the time in between each meal is more important than all the different methods. What makes intermittent fasting different simply by cutting calories is possibly pretty easy by restricting calories. So just like some of the conventional diets, but in his study, it shows that when you not only restrict the calories, you create a feeding schedule, your body responds differently. So his method is more of a time-restricted eating, more than the actual intermittent fasting itself. In this format, a person consumes all their calories for a day within an 8-12 to hour window. So let's say you usually start your day with the first cup of coffee at 7 a.m. and eventually winds down with popcorn and a drink around 11 p.m. With time-restricted eating, you might switch to eating breakfast at 8, including coffee, and then finishing your dinner by 6 p.m. That way, you're eating all your meals within a 10-hour window. And you're most likely foregoing calories from dessert, I hope. Even snacking and alcohol, let's say. You know, in a perfect world. So time-restricted eating seems to be doing more for the body than simply reducing calorie intake. This is suggested in his 2012 study, Dr. Panda and his colleagues took two genetically identical mice and fed them the same diet. This is very fascinating to me, you see, a lab mice version of the standard American diet that's high in fat and simple sugar and low in protein, while both groups were given the same exact food same calories. One group had access to the food for 24 hours, and the other group had access to it for only 8 hours. The mice, you know, they're nocturnal, right? So typically sleeping during the day and eating at night. But when the group was given round-the-clock access to food, eating some of it during the day as well as normally before they sleep. So after 18 hours, the mice you know, could eat all hours showed sign of insulin resistance. Isn't that interesting? And also had liver damage. Hmm. But the mice who ate in an eight hour window, who did not, they did not have these conditions. They also gained, they also weighed 28% less than the mice within the 24 hour access of food, buffet style. Even though these groups of mice ate the same numbers of calories a day, it was kind of earth shattering, really, as Dr. Panda recalls that the research showed the total number of calories rather than when they were eaten were determined. Um, And that determination that they found was weight gain. So his team repeated three additional sets of mice and got the same results. The outcome also held steady in different types of food for eating windows up to 15 hours. Although interestingly, it's the shorter window, the less weight the mice gained. So when the time-restricted mice were switched over to unrestricted eating for two days a week, it's what Panda calls having to weaken off. They still gain less weight than the mice allowed to eat 24 hours a day. So it's interesting. It's like, well, I want to eat healthy or eat, you know, uh, well, but it really showed in his research in a circadian way, as far as time-restricted goes, the efficacy of what's happening in our body, of fat storage in the liver and, you know, its capability of burning fat for energy. And then Panda team, Tried in another way. They took the mice that had gained weight because of the unrestricted feeding and switched them to time restricted eating. As you know, this is what happens, right? You guessed it, despite eating the same amount of calories, these mice lost weight and maintained it for 12 weeks until the end of the study. They also reduced their insulin resistance, which is thought to be linked to obesity and, you know, diabetes, things like that. Panda says that. These experiments for the first indication of how important timing could be when it comes to our bodies for food for the use of food. So he actually has an incredible book. Shout out to Dr. Sachin Panda that really talks and dives into um, time restricted diet and other circadian rhythm in the body. You know, like for sleep and so forth with. When the sun goes down and when the sun comes up, how the body creates melatonin and so on and so forth. We won't discuss this in today's episode, but the um, circadian, um, I forget this title, I apologize. But circadian clock, the code for circadian clock perhaps, uh, goes through all of this method. And it's it's a wonderful book. Anyhow. Um... So I myself, if I I wanted to share a little bit, have been doing intermittent fasting since pandemic. So in the last three years, Um, and it has done wonders for me. It has definitely helped with my fatty liver that created some autoimmune response and sensitivity to certain sugar and really helped with my insulin resistance. Decrease my cholesterol and was able to really lean myself out. So when I do work out these days with such a low BMI, um, I create definition quite easily. So yay to intermittent fasting. Anyhow, um, I would like to share with you some of the testimonies on Carson Daly and Dr. Oz, what they have to say about intermittent fasting. Disclaimer, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast does not qualify as a medical diagnosis from a doctor. This podcast does not provide any medical services or have any claims of curing any conditions. If you are looking for help in your medical endeavors, seek out a qualified medical doctor or a physician that may offer functional medicine It's important for you to have a licensed practitioner to help you make change and oversee your health.